You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie and I'm here with Christy and we have a guest today and um, we have a special guest. We have an expert. We do have an expert. <laughs> we like bringing on experts. 20 years of experience. Because I think one thing you all know about us is Christy and I are not experts. Oh, and I have no desire to be an expert on certain things. Oh, no. We like to talk a lot. Know yes. about. We like to talk a lot. I would say but... I'm an expert in certain things, but not what our guest is bringing that's right which is really great it is so interesting yeah um but first what you got for us today to start the ball rolling I got a word for you okay i hope i haven't anyway. used this word before because as i'm looking at it i'm thinking i think i might have used this word so oh. we'll have to re-record <laughs> oh <intro>. great <laughs> if i've used this word <laughs> i don't know where i got the word but i wrote it down a while ago misnomer i don't think we did use that word okay it's just been sitting on my desk to use for a long time a misnomer is like a mistaken use of a context of a word, right? Or the something? misnaming of a person in a yeah. legal instrument. I think that seems. Or an inappropriate name. My favorite yeah. example of this is, it actually just came up in our house the other day, Greenland is known as the island that's covered with a massive ice sheet, and Iceland is known as being green. So you would think that might right. be in the summer. Yes. Or that's exactly someone right. that says, I got tennis elbow from playing golf. Yep. You can't do that. <laughs> it feels like you got golf elbow. Yeah. You've got golf elbow. You've got golf shoulder. You won't have golf elbow from my house and all my mother's surgeries on her shoulders. Anyway, that's the word. So use that in a sentence. Oh, my goodness. That's a harder one, though. Like, you're giving me a logic puzzle. Well, I just gave like, you two. Yeah. Um, What's a misnomer in your world? The United States. <laughs> Say more about that. What do you mean? Are we united? Or are we just states? Okay, that's perfect. See? That's a great one. There you go. That's good. The that's short and sweet. Of America. <laughs> short and sweet. Of course, we united legally. Are we united? I guess you go into mm-hmm. all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, man, what's not? That's fun. That's kind of cool. It's going to make you think all day long it about will. misnomers that might come up. Like middle school. Is it really middle? I guess it is. Yeah, that one is. That one is. That's not a misnomer. Yeah. Uh-uh. Hmm. What about the word brain code? Is that a misnomer? Brain code. Do our brains really code? Or we just call it code? So that really code. leads us to Kip, who's here. Our and we yay! said we have yeah, we, quick intro today, ladies. I, you're not used to that from us. Look at that. We can do it. We well, because she's manage. a professional and an expertise. And we want to let her talk. Do. She can't just sit here and That's hang out with right. us all afternoon. <laughs> So we have Miss Kip Rogers with us. I still call you Kip Watson. I'm sorry well, about know. that. Kip yeah, Rogers okay. is with us. Um, 20 years of experience with teams and individuals, coaches, leaders, families, and couples. You are a licensed professional counselor. Um, yep. And you're a certified trainer for the Positive Coaching Alliance and yeah. a certified life coach. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You have so many certifications, girl. It, I'm yeah. just going to stop. Go. Yeah. She's got a great Instagram account. Mm. Are you on Twitter? Yeah. Okay, it, I just it feeds see on to Twitter and my business. Do you like Twitter? 
Do you enjoy? I, I know some people who love it. I, love I never look it. at it, it, so I can't really answer that. I post, okay. but I never, I never scroll, so yeah. I don't know. So if, you like Instagram? So wait, let's answer yeah. the question: Is brain code a misnomer? Probably. Oh, no. I'm supposed to say no. Well, <laughs> your brain doesn't really code, right? It, right. What? Well, it has. It's I more mean, fires. I guess you could say, like, just Electron. like we think of DNA, there is a coding. Everybody uh-huh. has. I mean, the reason why I call it brain code is I when I evaluate athletes or executives, I'm looking at four mental processes or preferences that they innately have. And so I put a letter with each one of those processes. And so it creates a code. Yeah. So oh, that's I do why think nice. we even did that thing with the counselor guy. Yeah. And he kind of implied that your brain does code certain things. Like you have, you have, you have, emo- you have a situation yeah. and then you have an emotional response yes. to it. And then if it's, they just call it schema, right? Instead of code. But I guess it's the well, same thing. Are being nice is it the same thing? Letters. Is that right? Though? Types, no, that's good. What, you know, is it the use... same thing though, right? Essentially, yes. Okay. So your, then yeah, your brain right. has an innate way of taking in information, processing information. And not necessarily everybody's the same, even though the brain processing itself is. See, I think of code and I think of like computer code. Computer code. So, but but it it has different forms. In in essence, yes. The way, so two different ways people take in information would be sensing or intuition. Sensors are very kind of direct. It it is what it is. It's a whiteboard. You write on it. It's shiny. You but don't use it intu- for anything else. Well, an intuitive is like there's this, you know, absolute brainstorm of ideas, of possibilities mm. that I could do with the whiteboard. So it's, it's much more creative, inspirational, visual, and it's seeing the complexity of things where sensors are much more matter of fact. It's like, do you see the forest or the trees? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And so people are more innately wired one way or the other. Okay. That's so sad. brain code is on, is your website. Yes. Right. Is that yeah, why you said that? Okay. Braincodecorp.com is her website and she's got some good information there and she has parenting athletes on there too and deep thoughts at a red light. I do like your deep thoughts at a red light. <laughs> yeah, they're I do good. too. Oh, thanks. Yeah. They're really good. The random, you know weirdness yeah i just like about. the title of it deep thoughts at a red <laughs> light that's just fun well you're sitting there and, and yeah, i am a complex thinker so i'm an intuitive so i just you know my brain can go mm-hmm. anywhere it's good when you follow on instagram you get them you get all i the have deep thoughts deep when thoughts. i'm blow drying my hair or brushing my teeth oh see you could start i do not i could <laughs> when is your deep thoughts i do not i will say in the car at red lights that I I had not named it before, but I'm going. Those are the types of places, or in meetings when I am checked out. I do oh. have some deep thoughts. <laughs> Confessional. <laughs> Hopefully, our my boss is not listening to this podcast. I'm checked out. <laughs> I'm like, over. okay. Yes. I think I've got mm, all the information. Yeah. Okay, Kip. So we gave you some fun things to talk about. What kind of expertise or insight do you want to? Well, yeah, Take you, us down. What you, road do you want to go? This, this is what I want to lean said. on you. Let's get into the brain and the Bible. How does God's word transform our brains? Mm. Oh, that was my request. That was your request. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, please. I tell please, us how to transform please, our brains. Uh-huh. 
Well, can I go back to a story when I was 15? Love it. We love stories. So at 15, I was, I mean, I guess you could say, well, I was anorexic. I was depressed. I was a competitive gymnast, troubled relationship with my mom. It wasn't going well. So I was like ready to check out of life. Like it just, I was, I had written the note actually. And I knew exactly how I was going to do it. And then I did one of those things that you, you absolutely obviously on this side of it go okay that was god intervening but you get a glimpse of this gold bible that was handed to you when you were in the fifth grade at almost church. like a light shining on it kind of uh -huh. yeah and i thought well maybe i should since that's where i'm going maybe i should look at it mm. right before i do this and so i just did one of those things where you open it and then you just you kind of close your eyes and, and you, you point go, and see where it opens and i opened it to philippians 121 so this is gonna this is gonna blow your mind it says for to me to live is christ and to die is gain mm -hmm. i'm like yeah exactly mm -hmm. to die is gain this is going to be good this is a good decision but then i was like oh wait a minute because i kept reading it says but if i am to live on in the flesh it will mean fruitful labor for me and i don't know which to choose I am hard pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is much better. Uh huh. Yet, there's the power of that three letter word for sure, right? Yet, to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. And convinced of this, I know I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in faith. I was like, oh, hmm. okay. I don't think he wants me to do that. And it was really the first time that I believed God had a purpose for my life and that I was loved by God. And so I didn't do it. Mm. And, and, you know, later when I really understood how to study the Bible and I looked at that passage, it's really one of two places where the apostle Paul is really struggling um, and we would, you know, in today's terms, would say depression, right? He's depressed. Yeah. This is really hard. He's writing it from jail. Um, the other place we see it is in Second Corinthians uh, chapter 1, where he just really says, like, man, I'm, this is hard, and I'm, I'm ready. And then he's like, but there's a purpose to life. There's a reason why we are here, and we have to keep progressing in, in that faith. Um, in the joy of the faith. And so, yeah, you want to talk about the power of the word? Like it stopped me from committing suicide. Thank you, Jesus. Absolutely. I'm glad you snagged that book. Yeah. Um, anyway, so did, let me ask you a question yeah. real quick. Did you tell anyone at the time? No. So I then you progress from that point. Yeah. And you're moving forward. And then from Sounds that like point, you're the too. only, yeah. You're solo. You're the only one that knows. Right. What just so happened. What just happened. <laughs> so how does yeah. your, life look, your life look different after oh, that? I don't know that it did, really. Um, I just knew that that wasn't an option. Death okay. wasn't an option. So look different Struggle. in your head in the sense that you took that off the table. Absolutely. 
and that I knew there was some purpose I had yet to discover. Like at 15, it's hard to know. Like, what is my well, purpose? Well, for sure. I mean, yeah. you just, you know. You go in 50 million different directions. I've probably done, I probably did my worst sinning after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, from mm-hmm. 15 to 25, mm-hmm. it, you know, it wasn't exactly um, stellar in mm-hmm. terms of righteousness. Um, but it was, um, it was <laughs> definitely, um, you know, I, I, you're got, building your testimony. R- absolutely. <laughs> right. It's the struggle with the eating disorder, competitive sports, you know, identity. trouble with parent relationships, identity. I did have a friend in high school who kept inviting me to fellowship of Christian athletes. Um, I just didn't, I did not understand the gospel message. I just really didn't. I didn't understand the whole like Jesus died for my sins and then I'm a sinner. Like mm. I, I didn't really get the message that I'm a sinner. Mm. That came much later. That came in college after I had uh, done a little sinning. And then it, it, I, I began to understand it a lot better. I like yeah. that. Cause I think that's a very honest and real thought process. If you didn't grow up in the church or you didn't grow up with it being preached to you, I would think it would be a hard concept to grasp. Well, yeah, I grew up I grew up with a dad who absolutely lived his life out of agape love. And he was more nurturing of the two parents. Mm. Um he definitely talked about Jesus and Jesus's love and God is love and kumbaya and all that stuff. That was very much my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mom was the harsh disciplinarian who who did not and she says this today, doesn't believe that you're a sinner. So I, I, I didn't really hear that side of Christianity. I didn't hear the justice side. I heard a lot of the love side from my father. But I didn't really understand the justice side and how they work together at the cross. And yes, grace wins out. But but both are still true of God, right? He's a just mm-hmm. God and he's a loving God. And I think that's a You've really got that full spectrum. And it's all a the hard stuff in concept mm-hmm. for people. Most people to understand the dynamic between the two. Yeah. Well, and I think too, what I like when I'm hearing your story is there's an expectation. I think a lot of times that we have this moment and then we walk from it and everything's peachy and we're perfect. And, and yeah. I think sometimes in we, that expectation brings a lot of shame to people. Yeah. It brings a lot of hurt. Yeah. Um, instead of it's all a progress to the relationship with the Lord who's calling you to him and what that looks like for everybody is going to be different, right? Like you obviously had a profound moment and then all of a sudden, you know, you're alive. You're going to stay alive. That's off the table. Right. So now your life is in front of you. Right. 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 And yeah. so you have to figure out what to do with that. Yeah. For real this time. For real. For mm-hmm. real. And so I just, I, I like the fact that people are hearing from you. Sometimes it's progress, not perfection. It's not going to be perfection here. No. And I, right? I think and there so. is, I think there continues to be a little bit of a myth and a miss, a misnomer. No there you go. Yeah. Here comes Christy. Snaps. You did it. Snaps. You know the uh, the uh, um, the whole prosperity doctrine, yes. or that when you say we yes to in Christ, every part of our life, you say yes. yes to Christ, that life is going to be easy for you. And I'm like, that's not what the word says. That's actually, not. it's going to be directly the opposite. And then I can actually pull in research, actual research that's been done on 
high performers, whether they're executives, athletes, actors, politicians, leaders, and the number one reason that people do not achieve their goals. Are you ready? They're not willing to struggle. You have to be willing to struggle. You have to be willing to seek failure, fall down, look stupid, look ridiculous, embarrass yourself. Mm-hmm. It be absolutely get to the bottom of who you are in order to, to, to achieve. And most people don't want to do that. They want to be in this culture of it comes easy. You know, we hear it all the time, instant gratification, get rich quick for it to be easy. I don't want to be out of my comfort mm-hmm. zone. And that's not how mental toughness and achievement is, is arrived. Interesting. So we were having a conversation before we started this. Right. So we'll go from this since you brought up the mental toughness part and that's not yeah. how achieved. We were talking about just families. Right. Um, parenting. I am fascinated by the generational changes they say, you know, you have now like Gen X, millennials, mm-hmm. Gen Y, Gen mm-hmm. Z, alpha, all this kind of stuff. But you're like, you said something to me that I found interesting. You said, I don't even know what those generations are. Cause right now when you're seeing them all come in, they all look the same. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Good. I love that. That <laughs> makes me happy. So, um, so, and it's interesting because I was talking to our youth person um, yesterday, our youth staff, and they were saying that, that they went to a conference and the things that people talked about that they hated about boomers way back in the day now is the same quotes they're saying about other generations. Right. So what are, when you're talking about the people you see, the clients you see, the families you see, what are kind of the, the if you're going to give somebody a nugget, like, hey, look out for this. And when you're caring for your kids, this is a red flag or this is a struggle. Encourage them here, you know, discourage them here. Like what, what's just some advice you would give to parents? (laughs) Be honest with us. Come on. Yeah. I, I think you, I mean, to kind of bank off what I just said, you have to let them struggle. And that doesn't matter. You're saying age two. To college. Well, yeah. At, an adult. at, at age adult. two, like nobody taught McKenna, my 18 year old, like really the, yeah, I don't know. She was, I tell, I've told this story before, but I don't know. It's, she's 18 months old. And I'm like, she wanted to watch Rudolph. And I'm like, well, when you pick up your toys, then you can watch, you know, Rudolph right. when it, when it comes on and just like the, absolute conniption fall on the floor screaming wailing and you know and I'm like wow okay like if you don't believe there's a sin nature right just watch a young kid when you ask them to do something the first time and and it's I let her struggle I think sometimes whether 18 months old four years old six years old 16 years old we have to keep and set boundaries And actually, we have to give them. I love disciplining with to do's rather than takeaways. And my kids don't like that, but I love it. I love it too. And um, right now, most of our kids, you know, I'll ask the question, you know, tell me about a challenge or problem or difficulty and tell me how you overcame it. So explain. Most kids, they're like, they can't say. I don't know. And they'll like look to their parent and, and there, there isn't anything. And I'm like, you're going to get eaten alive at the next level. Okay. You, you, you mentally are soft 
and you're you are going to have struggle if you're trying to get a college scholarship as an athlete and you don't have any idea a problem that you've overcome that's so like, a problem so you said a minute ago you like to discipline with to do's rather yep. than takeaways that yep. was kind of a flyby that you went so explain that well in other words like um well just as an example with my own son <laughs> um I, he was around i guess he was 16 because he was driving at the time but i found out he had lied to me about some damage to a window that happened at one of his friend's house and um and so i looked at him and i said you be ready to leave at 7 a.m saturday and he was like what like for for what and i didn't tell him but i had arranged with a single friend of mine um that josh was going to be her you know worker for the day so i dropped him off at her house and and I just said, you know, I'll see you later. And he was like, when are you coming back? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> you just do whatever she tells you to do. Right? And for like eight hours, I think I came back at four. So that's even longer right. than eight hours, you know. Um, so he filled, I don't know how many bags of acorns in the yard, you know, cleaned out like the old backyard, front yard. Um, and she just put him to work. And when he got in the car, I just looked at him. I go, don't you ever lie to me again. That's all you have to say. And he was like, yes, ma'am. You know, and it was maybe, I don't know, a month later. And he backed my car up into somebody's mailbox. And it didn't hurt the mailbox. It was, you know, a brick mailbox. But it put a pretty good dent in your car. Yeah. And he immediately came home and told me. And I'm like, thank you. Like, that is going to be rewarded. Because mm-hmm. accidents and happen. Accidents happen. He immediately told me. Owned it. We figured out how to take care of it, you know. But I'm going to reward that, but I'm going to discipline with a to do the the negative stuff or when you do wrong. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm still pondering that yeah, because it's par- that's actually, well, because it, even if you think how in the world you get a DWI. You've got to pay a fine. You've got to go to you. You things are added to your to do list, so you're growing them up. Very rarely, but also are things, things are taken away. It's both, right? Your license, you should. Yeah. I mean, your license, but then you now you have to find a different way to work. You've got mm-hmm. to find. I mean, it's still it actually adds to your to do list mm-hmm. and it makes your life more difficult, which is That's what's true. taking place. And even if you have a breathalyzer, now you got to blow in the breathalyzer before you even start your car. So, yeah, I mean, different things that it's a better mm-hmm. way to to do that because it's more what's real life situations. I just find like, actually I was, I had one of my baseball players in uh, last night working on some stuff and he's such a good kid, but he grew up on a farm. He knows, he knows what hard work is and he's always so willing. He comes into session, he works hard. He does what I ask him to do. He follows through with it, but he has an understanding of a work ethic because from a very young age, he had a lot of responsibility. And I think that's what a lot of parents want to make life easier for their kids. And I understand where that comes from. Mm-hmm. We want to provide. We want to make it easier. We want to give them things that maybe we didn't have. But it absolutely destroys their mental toughness, their ability to deal with reality, their ability to deal with difficulty. And I think you really... Um, 
you aren't raising young people that are in turn going to be able to contribute to society in a positive way. And that may sound really harsh, but it begins when they're really young. And does it create more time for you to teach? Yes. Does it create, do you have to do more to parent? Parents don't want to parent anymore. They don't want to teach. They don't want to mentor. They don't want to guide. They're too busy in their own careers, their own lives, their own friends, their own hobbies, and nobody's parenting anymore. Mm-hmm. And at like least that's, that's just what I, I see. Like that's a soapbox that you have. <laughs> I, and I realize, again, I'm, it, this is in general. It's not everybody. Yeah, it's a generalization. Sure. But I just see, see it like all said. too often. And I, I realize people are coming to me when there is an issue or a problem, but they're also coming to me when they have a goal, like a college scholarship or a professional athlete. And most of the people that I see are not mentally equipped to really understand what it takes to achieve that goal. Hmm. Well, and even maintain it because once you get to college on a scholarship, that's not easy. No, I mean, it's it, a, it's I a, had two sisters who had full rides at colleges for, for athletics and it, it's intense. Yep. It's hard. Yep. And I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> you gotta be ready for that. It's not just getting it. That's the issue. It's, it's actually very <laughs> keeping it, it and staying, yeah. you know, staying yeah. in there. Oh my word. You opened a verse in your Bible when you were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's something, you know, I, I dealt with this back in seminary, you know, the difference between psychological theory of man and then the anthropology of man that scripture gives us. Because you have a master's in biblical counseling. Yeah. From DTS. Yes. Hours. Yes. That's a, that's a hard. <laughs> 98 hours. You. That's yes. awesome. So yeah, that's where you're speaking from too, is your counseling hat and your sports, you know, all that together. Right. You've got a couple hats. Second, so I'm looking at Second uh, Corinthians verse Colossians? eight or Second, Colossians. Sorry, yeah, just glanced. Colossians. At your Bible. <laughs> sorry, I don't know why I said Corinthians. Yeah, uh, Colossians two eight. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world. Rather than according to Christ, holy, yeah, that's rich. Christ Almighty, mm-hmm. we are a country mm-hmm. that is absolutely spiraling the toilet bowl right now because we have been taken captive. So, captive in the original language means prisoner, confined, under control. Empty means it contains nothing. So, I mean, even think about all this pronoun. Well, it's empty lunacy deceit, that right? we are. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's a deception. Deception mm-hmm. in the original language means tricked, misled. Means the Garden of Eden. <sighs> mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's destructive. Mm-hmm. And that's what psychological theory and even people in my profession right now, the medical field, is leading a horrific deception in this country when it comes to this stuff about transgender and non-binary and pronouns and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very dangerous, mm-hmm. and it's leading people astray. Oh, hold them back, right? It says in Proverbs. Ugh. 
So say a little bit more about that and what you see and how can um, Christian parents help kids that are going through that? Oh, it's so hard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Even in elementary school, that's it's heartbreaking to watch. Because everything we're seeing from education systems to my profession is normalizing mental illness. It's normalizing mental health issues. Um, so unpack that because you're not saying she, she's grinning at me when I say that because like, I'm stopping that. I know this may be another because yeah. when you say normalizing mental health issues, yeah, we're not saying it's wrong to talk about your issues with mental health. You're saying right. normalizing certain things that we've always before said, these are actually not normalized things. gender dysphoria. We have people in the medical community, including therapists who are now saying that the only treatment option for transgender issues is gender-affirming care, which includes puberty blockers, Mm -hmm. surgeries, which are permanently changing someone's body. And you can't undo it. It's abusive, and it's wrong. And we have to stand up to that to protect our kids. So when did you see the change from let's help your mind adjust to what your body is versus saying we're going to change your body to now say what your mind wants it to be? Like when when did you see that change start happening? For me, at least here in my practice, it kind of, the introduction to that would I would say about 10 years ago but in the last three years it's just like skyrocketed yeah yeah and and unfortunately we even have um (laughs) we have I've called out psychology today for misrepresenting misleading the general population with their information the Daily Wire has um, fact-checked a lot of their articles, uh, and they're wrong. They're misleading. The research is an activist bias to it, mm-hmm. and it's horrible what it's doing. Horrible what it's doing to parents who are getting sucked into this vacuum that it's okay. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, they're believing that four-year-olds, six-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 16, 18-year-olds are capable of making such a decision mm-hmm. about their, their gender rather than, and, and I'm going to speak a little bit and try to help, help it make sense, rather than, from my perspective, brain code, there are brain codes that for lack of a better way of describing it, would be more in our in our world, like our Western understanding, more masculine and energy, but they're female. My mother is one of them, mm-hmm. right? She's <laughs> does not have a nurturing bone in her body. Um, she's we called her general growing up. She's very disciplined and harsh. And, um, you know, she's the one that taught me about responsibility and hard work and all those types of things. But she was very much a woman. Mm-hmm. And then my dad had more of feminine energy. 
uh, for lack of a better way of describing mm-hmm. it. He was the nurturing one. It was like all about having fun. Mm-hmm. He was the psychology professor at Ohio State. And so we had deep conversations about spirituality and moral development and, you know, all those types of things. But he was very much a man. And so I think there are, it's not an issue of gender. We have to help whatever your gender is. There's only two. (laughs) Go back to Genesis. There's male and female. That's it. There's no non-binary. There's none of that. That's denying science. You don't even have to say it's denying scripture. It's denying science. It's denying reality. And now we're normalizing that. And people are so dang confused. They are. And what's interesting to me is the very groups that say it's horrible to label. And it's horrible to say if you behave this way, that means you're this. I'm like, you're, they're doing it all the time. Like, I know if you see kids, and I'm thinking of kids growing up. Um, and my sister and I were actually talking about this because we were both big time tomboys. Well, big I, time. Christy and I yeah. have connected in that way too. <laughs> like I like had a I page boy haircut. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I'm still a woman though. Exactly. And I know that. And yeah. I look much different now than I did when I was younger yeah. and as a teenager. And you go through this phase where you do feel your body. Oh, it's so is, awkward is for so everyone. It's so awkward. Like you're just Everyone going, struggles with Yes. That. And so then if you're looking at this person who's already struggling yeah. With their body and right. their image and everything's changing and you don't like it. And, and, you know, the things that you were easy to do before are not as easy anymore. And for guys, your voice changes. Right. And then of course there's puberty and hormones and everything. Right. You put all this in front of them. And for some of them, they go, Oh, that's why I'm feeling this way. This is a relief. I must be this. Which is something different. Instead of us now looking at them and saying, no, you're just, a young man turn a young a boy turning into a man and this is what this is or yeah. you're a girl turning into a woman yeah and this is what this is like my sister and I talk about now we probably would have been <laughs> like they would have said lesbians we would have all been lesbians <laughs> I mean, all yeah lesbians. I'm well, just right, like we used right. to run around boys in our neighborhood and play kickball right. and like look I looked like a boy I see pictures of myself when I was younger I, was I got like, accused of looking like one too because back in the day it was the Dorothy Hamill haircut yes, I had that the I was boy like short and I was muscular as a gymnast and I developed late and so yes I got accused of that all the time and it is confusing and it is awkward. So what's your recommendation to parents even if their kid's not struggling their kid's going to be going through school like how do you put those blinders on the boundaries? You got a parent to that and you keep truth the truth it doesn't change science doesn't change you are a boy you are a girl do you see more parents pulling their kids out of public school? Oh, yeah. Why? Because there, it's an indoctrination of falsehood. It's an indoctrination that anything goes. And it's an over-sexualizing of our kids as young as like five years old, which is wrong to teach them that there's these different sexualities. That's wrong. It should not be something and I'm that's such a taught. public school girl. Like I grew up in public school all over the world. I, I taught in it. I loved it. And that's heartbreaking to me. Like there's a lot of teachers that are believers teaching in our schools that love public schools. But I think sometimes they're put in a rough spot, right? I, 
I definitely believe that, right? Because it's like you teach this criteria yeah. or you are you can't teach here. And I think that's wrong. I mean, but even the medical community, I went through some diversity training from a non-binary and a trans female to male. I'm trying to remember. And these two people said that oppression begins the moment you're born and the doctor assigns you a gender. Oh, wow. Right. That's what we're being taught. And now the state, the state of Texas, is requiring that all licensed counselors get three hours of diversity training. And they've passed this as a as rule without giving us any evidence that this is needed. But if that's the diversity training that therapists are now so getting. So that's what you went to. That was the mandated diversity training? That no, you about? it was a different one, okay. but this just passed in September. So this okay. is brand new. Um, and we, some of us tried to fight it okay. because we know where this is going uh -huh. um, and it's wrong. And so, you know, I don't know. It, I, I am stunned that people would, that the medical community now can't assign gender or that's being called oppressive. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Even though they are assigning gender, so it hasn't gotten there yet. But what you're saying is you think it's going there to where when a baby's born, they will not potentially assign a gender. Correct. Because right now, parents it's do a, have the choice. They can stay so on there. Ridiculous. The AMA is already questioning whether they should assign a gender. That's, that that's seems absurd. Sick and wrong. It, it is just, sick, it's and absurd. sick and wrong. It's, it's being taken captive, captive by philosophy deception. and deceit. Yep. This According is deception. To, but it says according to human traditions. And then according to the elemental spirits of the world. Right. There it is. Yeah. It's Satan. Yeah. I wonder yeah. when, Could I wonder if be? the pendulum went, will go back. I, cause sometimes I do sense from people because it, there's so many issues now you're going, we're creating, seven? well, <laughs> the pendulum does this all the time though. All well, the time. I, and I, I wonder if the it, righteous if have to stand up. Yeah. Um, and right we are, um, an, a colleague and I, Kathleen Mills and I, we are creating an organization for therapists to have a place. We are not going to stand for this. Mm. Um, there are other treatment methods for gender dysphoria. Uh, gender affirming care is not care. It's abuse. And are we creating the gender dysphoria ourselves as adults? We being yeah. all human adults. adults. Believe, you're just like saying adults, adults not believers. Not believers. Our I'm culture, saying, are we creating? Yes. Yeah, Our that's culture. what I'm saying. So yeah. now we're this, saying we're treating this, something right? wrong. Creating. She's looking at her phone. Social media um, is not helping. Mm -mm. And, and that's where a lot of young people are getting their information. But what they're doing is finding their niche of acceptance mm -hmm. through that. They're finding, oh, other people think like me. Other people kids, feel like right? me. Yes. And they're being teenagers. That's but what I think when I look at them. To, to your point, too. That's what I mean. Where are the parents? Where are the parents? <laughs> Confused. Yeah. Well, we had a big fight in our house over TikTok. Because I, it was an easy ask for one, for of the three kids. I want y'all off TikTok. Great. Done. Delete. Done. Like, that was the easy ask. There was one out of the four that it one was One out of the three, Gentry. Oh, okay. Do that, of course, yeah. The three kids, the older kids, the three amigos at the top. 
And one was like, yeah, sure. I don't ever look at it. I don't even know what the last time. I don't even know where it is on my phone. And the other two were like, <gasps> and one in particular was just like, well, I mean, that's uh, the, what, what, what am I going to do? And, and so we had to, we had to parent them right. and walk them through what is coming across your feed, why that's not good for you. And it was exhausting. It was probably mm. a four day parenting. Cause I didn't want to do the whole, get off your phone right now. Why, why yeah. are you feeling this way? Like you look like you're a drug addict right now. Yeah. Like, why are you acting this way? <clears throat> so what are you I, I had, cause it one, is an addiction, right? It, it, it is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, it sucks you into the vacuum of deception, which is exactly what the forces of evil would want you to do. And having them understand this is not good for your heart. Yeah. This is not good for your brain. This is not good for your body. Like that's a constant mantra that we use in our house. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your body. I had one uh, parent of an athlete over this past summer take away all social media, given some choices this young person made. And um, he, he, so the athlete did a couple of sessions with me in understanding social media and what I, I have a workshop I do for like captains and leaders of sports teams so we went through all that. His parents made him. Um, he had to watch like an online course about the dangers of social media mm. and then write a paper and discuss it with them. Did you like that as a therapist? I loved it. Okay, just wondering where I you were on I thought it was okay. fantastic, okay, cool. especially given some of the choices that he had made. Uh, and so, yeah, he's, you know, we laid out a contract, so to speak, mm -hmm. of these things he needed to do in order to earn some privileges back. Mm -hmm. And now, yes, they monitor like everything and it feels very invasive. And I get that. And, uh, and unfortunately, it's just not safe out there. My kids, you know, when they were coming up, it was kind of right before it got really That was nuts. mine, too. Yeah. And so I, I would periodically look at what mm -hmm. they were looking. It was very random. They never knew when I was going to ask, but they would just hand their phone mm -hmm. over and I would look at it. They never gave me a reason not to trust them. And so I didn't really experience any of that struggle with them. But McKenna did go through a period of time where she realized she was like, it was consuming her mm. and now she's just not on it very much. She'll actually, um, she actually had a friend control all of her social media. And when she wanted to post something with work and her photography yeah. and stuff, she would have the friend do it rather than herself. That's awesome. So it's like, you know, it, it's, it, it's a tool much like a blowtorch. <laughs> it is a tool that can be extremely destructive, but when you use it appropriately, it can be used for good. Yeah. And I think that's like everything else, right? It's like yeah. TV. It's like music. It's, good it's like, yeah, it's a good that, but, um, I think what's, what's interesting is I hear you talk too. I feel like a lot of the kids now also, they don't, even if they're not athletes, they don't do that. A lot of them don't have jobs, for example. Like I know, Ugh. like our kids, we made them, we, they had to go to work. Oh my head. I know they Get had to work. Job. And I'm telling yes. you, they have learned their last two years of high school. They had to work their junior and senior year. Right. And, um, cause anything we just pretty much said, anything you want to do. And don't buy your kids cars. Is the, well, <laughs> Any that's a whole nother discussion. Don't. But I have do, a Marnet. But I do think though that um and I want to ask you why in a minute. So what do you say 
do you think part of it, because sometimes when they're little, I feel like they're ever scheduled, but now sometimes yes. when they're older, I feel like they're under scheduled. Like they don't have things that require them to be responsible. We, that we were under scheduled. That's why I have one kid that's not doing late arrival anymore. Get your honey to class. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause they <laughs> sit on their phone. Yes. Yeah. Go and take a class that you might want to do. Right. Like if it's a free period and they're offering it, go take a go psychology take a, class. But it was go like an epiphany a... to me the other day because <gasps> we did have our, because our kids weren't in high school. They didn't, they weren't in sport. And now all of a sudden they're in college and they're doing sports. But when um, they were in high school, they weren't. So I'm like, you have a lot of free time. Like this is not a lot good. Okay. And um, when they were little, I felt the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we well, need to make true. free time. I, I do see that dynamic where I, you know, I have the younger kids coming in and they're trying to do like two or three sports. And I'm yeah. like, Duh. and they have this no downtime. Too much. Exactly. This they need to have much. free play. One and... sport a season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you mm-hmm. don't need to be doing multiple sports and over scheduling. But then them. we flip that at probably one of the worst times. Well, yeah. At 13, actually the statistic is 70% of kids drop out of sports and that's sad. There's not room anymore for them in high schools. Like you can only have a like we that's, had a hundred some kids go out for like six spots and, and rec league. Rec league. Yeah, so that's true, still but there. they don't do that anymore. Yeah, and that's true. I would love to. I mean, I, that was a rule in my household. You have to do one sport. I don't care what it is. I love that. You have to be physical in some yeah, way. Active. Yep. Yeah. And McKenna mm-hmm. was all over the place doing yeah. everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she yeah. bounced around from different sports, but she always had a sport she was doing. And she enjoyed running, so she could do that. <clears throat> yeah. She on could. Her own, yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. So, do you see the value? What do you see in the value then of like getting a job for a teenager? Oh my gosh. Even if you don't need the money. Podcast, Debbie. What, one, they learn to respect authority. Other than you. Other than the parent. Yeah, that's good. Which is mm, another generalization, but missing a lot from young people. The disrespect for authority is a problem. So they learn to hear that. They learn to abide by that and, and do that. Okay. They learn the value of the money, yep. um, you know, uh, how much things cost and how easy it is to fly out of your pocket versus how long it takes to bring it in. So that's a huge financial one. responsibility. Financial responsibility. We just responsibility. had a conversation about that the other day in our house. One of my kids called and said, "Hey, will you transfer money into my account? I'm going to go do something." And I was like, "You, you're on Z-. like I wanted to be like, yeah, because that sounds fun. You were going to go do yeah. something that was yeah. active yeah. and required this human to purchase something to then have to be able to do it." And I was like, "Yeah." And then I thought, "No, like that was hard for me yeah. to tell him no." Or her, whoever it was, to tell them no. Because I was like, well, they're going to be active. It's better than being at home doing nothing on their phone. But it was that, oh, that was hard for me. I did say no. And that human walked back in the house 15 minutes later. But he found (laughs) something else to do. (laughs) He came home and he was like, I found something else. But it is, I would agree with you. That was gut-wrenching for me. Yeah. But then I had to go, it's him realizing, I have no money in my bank account. Actually, Mm -hmm. it's $7. And I, I was like, you, I don't think in general, young people realize like, cause when I would watch what my kids are spending money on, it's like eating out. Exactly. All, my, all day I am like, mine are Taco Do Bell, you realize Chick-fil-A. how much money you are spending? <laughs> two eighty five. It took you two hours to earn the money for that one oh, meal. Uh-huh. Stop. Yes. <laughs> Starbucks. Shocking. Oh, oh, Starbucks. Drop that hat. So expensive. Yes. Okay, so then my next question. Um, why no car? Why not buy your kid a car? Because they need to earn it. Start saving for it like 
So how do they get to a job? So you have to take them to their job to earn the money. So you're going to have to yeah. drive them as a parent. So that's yeah. going to require something of you. Or you get a job nearby where you can and walk, walk or, or ride a bike. Ride your bike. Correct. So your thinking is they need to. Yeah, your thinking is Chrissy's got a big smile on her face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it goes back to old, I mean, I think we turned out pretty cool. So yeah, let's just that's go right. Back. Well, I. I so your I, thinking is just that they should earn it. That it's a big, big privilege to be able to drive your own car. Absolutely. And they should be able to earn that money to purchase it first. But would you they, even say the word privilege or just the fact that it's just good to earn money and to save for it knowing, like well, have a goal? Yes, to have a goal. I mean, Josh started saving for his first, he got a truck, but he started saving when I think he was in sixth grade. Um, and he saved so much money and I told him whatever amount he saves that I would You'd then, match? I, yeah. And you're yeah. like, Josh, that's too much. What did you do, son? No, no. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it was so, it was so great to watch him discipline mm-hmm. himself to do that. Um, and McKenna's paid for her vehicles. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's making the car payments right now. Um, she's 18, right? You said she's 23 now. Oh, she's, yeah. she's 23. Older, yeah. oh, okay. Um, and Josh is 21. Okay. I've just, it's just watching, especially in our area here. And, and it was hard for my kids because like all their friends are driving BMWs exactly. and Range Rovers. We have the same issue. And, and mm-hmm. they, and it would just be like, mm. but they would also see the entitlement and the, the inability to work hard in in their friends Mm. while they're over here busting their butts to achieve whether it was an athletic goal an academic goal right paying for my truck goal and as they got older like they it was hard at times but as they got older they began to realize the value of what they were doing and what they were taught versus seeing their friends who again largely generalization but they get everything handed to them they get the money handed to them. They're just going out and partying every weekend and they don't want to have that. That's not the lifestyle my kids want to be a part of. They, they got different goals. Now, will those people end up being successful? I don't know, but they're not making good decisions right now. Mm-hmm. That's so hard to communicate to kids because I can't see that. Josh so actually confronted a couple of his buddies what they do? What do do? over the summer about like their faith, their Christianity. I'm watching you guys do this, this, and this, and it doesn't seem to fit with the faith, you know, we, that yeah. you claim to have. Right. In, in going to school at Legacy Christian, and, um, and they were just kind of like nonchalant because mm. here's the thing. Sin feels good. In the moment. Yes, it does. Sweet the sin bitter the taste in my mouth right mm-hmm. that's uh you too lyric mm-hmm. but it's so true mm-hmm. and so it's very enticing especially for young people right between 15 and 25 are the years of an immense amount of temptation and learning and new freedoms and new freedoms mm-hmm. and how are you going to handle it mm-hmm. well if you just hand your kids a car hand them money hand them all that stuff um then they're not learning anything. They're just expecting it to come and for it to be easy. And there's the idea too, that when they leave out from underneath your roof, they're going to have to learn it the hard way. You want them to learn it and while you're still under the roof. Yeah. While you can still parent, while you can still help them. Yes. When they do fall on their 
but, and they should a time or two and let them, and then you help them figure it out. Well, and I liked working. I think sometimes kids start to work and they, they're pleasantly surprised with how much they enjoy doing a job. And they like that having the run in money. And they do. They, saving, yeah. And they've earned it. And right. They're and given the responsibility and the relationships they build at their jobs. Yeah. I mean, Hello, I think life it surprises skills you them. need. And actually yeah. it helps with your belief in yourself, your confidence, and your overall satisfaction with life. Mm-hmm. Work is good. Yeah. It, and it feels good too when you do a good job and you work hard and you... You know. What was your first job? You know what? Let me think. Well, oh, babysitting for sure. I did a lot of babysitting. Mm. No, when no I was, babysitting outside. But real. Like, yeah. Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was Golden Corral. DeSoto. Yeah. DeSoto. Yeah. Okay. Down in DeSoto, we had a Golden Corral and I was there. And then during the summer, I worked Golden Corral and I worked at an office job mm-hmm. in the day. Then when I then I went and got a job at Cheddar's and that's where the money was. Yeah. yeah waiting I worked, tables. I worked. And how old were you when you got your first job? Um, I was actually, I had to talk my dad into it. I was 17. Mm. He wasn't convinced it was a good idea. He thought I should focus on school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we were, we did not have much money and I wanted things they could mm-hmm. not. I knew mm-hmm. they couldn't get me. So I, I, he finally let me. And then after that, he realized this is a good thing. So all of us worked a lot after that. <laughs> True story. <laughs> These yeah. kids can make money, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I liked it. Like, that's what I, like, I loved Going to work, working with people, meeting people, um, working in jobs where you even met the customers. I loved customer service job. And I ended up working at country clubs and bookstores and mm-hmm. all kinds of things because I just, you find your niche. Mm-hmm. And then eventually a shelter, you know, for abused kids and stuff later when I knew what I wanted to do. But I always knew I wanted to work. I was like, you know, that's what I, I don't want to not work. What about you? What was your yeah. first time? How old are you? Uh, 12 years old. I did Child a pa- labor. I know. I did a paper route, the Columbus oh. Dispatch. I knew yeah. so many kids who yeah. did paper route. It was Love great. It. Wake up early. Yeah. Uh, this was a afternoon. Evening paper. It was an evening paper. Evening edition. You did the yes. evening edition. Um, Sunday mornings though, brutal. Yeah, and they're bigger because you had to stuff yes, the in circulars the into it. So you had to do all that first, and then get it out in the morning because man, people demanded their coffee and their and paper, paper first thing in the morning. Yeah. So Sunday mornings were early doing that. And it was like a two, you know, two block area. Mm. And then you had to go around and get collections. You had to collect the money. Yes. Um, and my dad or my mom mm-hmm. would walk with us when we did that at that oh, age. That's good. But um, my brother and I, yeah, we would take turns. Did you, you ride know, the bike doing... or did you sit out the back of the station wagon? And um, I had <laughs> I had a, a three speed with baskets on okay. either yeah. side. And you just knew where And I needed... would throw it from from the bike. From the bike. Mm-hmm. How long that did you do that? So oh, gosh. A couple years, two or three years. That was good money for kids. Yeah. Paper route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then um, I guess 16... 16 years old, I was coaching gymnastics for the Parks and Rec. Oh, you were very busy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I did have a little short stint at Wendy's, but I could not stand smelling like a hamburger oh, when I left. Yeah. And so that only that's lasted only about six thing. weeks. Yes. I just couldn't stand it. I know. My kids said, I'm going to go work at Chick-fil-A. And they said, no, because then I won't ever eat there again because yeah. I'll get so sick, so of, sick the of the it. food and the well, smell. Well, when I worked at Cheddar's and Golden Corral, that was back when they had smoking sections. So I would come yeah. home just 
stinking reeking of smoke. <laughs> Did your parents like, make you time. change outside in the garage? <laughs> No, not, but I went straight to, they did, but I went, well, and sometimes like when I worked at Cheddar's, I would come in, I wouldn't get off till one in the morning. And so um, my dad is like half asleep on the couch waiting for me to come in and he's like, Hey, so he, and I just go in and take a shower and just, but yeah, reeked, reeked of all the food and the smoke. But I'm telling you the smoking section, best tippers, really Mm. best tippers ever. Hmm. I made the most money, uh, Waiting tables at a Mexican food restaurant. Oh, yeah. In the bar. They'd yes. be like, who wants a bar? Me. me. That was me, too. I didn't even drink. <laughs> like, I had my first drink until I was 21 years old. So I could care less. But I was yeah. like, that's where the money is. It was. That was the best. As soon as I was 18 and I could serve a drink, I'm like, yep, put yep. me in there. Sign Man, Friday, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been so fun. Kip, thank you so much. We always love having you on. We will have you on again. And because um, we were Thanks thinking it'd be fun me. to pick like a topic. Like, like we kind of just a, did. We did. Over, we were kind of all we over right now. We should keep a running list but when she talks. I know. Of all the things we have come up that we want to. Um, Wait, we're going to end real on. fast with our questions, our lightning round questions. Oh, yeah. oh. I forgot about this. Okay. What is yeah. the last show that you binge watched and loved? Oh, my gosh. This is. I I went back old school Dallas. It's on Prime. Did you know they sold part of that land? South Fork sold Did part of that land. Did they really? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So I've been watching Dallas Jr. Oh Hewitt. I was like, man, he was. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm, Master Bobby, manipulator. Uh, hugely. Yeah. Okay. What is something that people often get wrong about you? That I'm extroverted. I'm mm. not. You're not. You're an no. introvert. Yeah. So you got to power down somewhere. Ooh, the weekends I'm hibernating. Although right now I'm traveling every weekend to see Josh play. So Mm. I don't get a lot of downtime. But you can at least (laughs) travel by yourself. Yeah, the road shift's fine. Yeah, yeah. What is your biggest pet peeve? Okay, the first thing that popped into my head, uh, other than what we've talked about today. I was like, (laughs) other than what we've talked about today is like people that, you're getting on the highway and they it's like pedal on the right you're supposed to be speeding up to join oncoming traffic and they're going at a turtle pace Slow. Like, yeah. and they're trying to I, i'm like to try and get in come on you can tell you've run the road a lot right now so yeah <laughs> okay the noisy narrative is about cutting through the noise and getting to the heart of the matter what is your narrative right now like you'd fill in the blank blank narrative what's your narrative personal responsibility Personal oh. responsibility narrative. I like that. Yeah, you know how they have the hashtags on back of the NFL helmets? Yes. Like, there was one post that I made about the hashtags mm-hmm. I wish they had, and that was one of them. Personal responsibility. All these athletes. Marry your child's mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wish they'd put that on the back of their helmet? Yes! Hashtag marry your child's oh. mom. <laughs> your reflective thoughts <laughs> oh there they are it's awesome God, it's, it's true yeah it's great thoughts at a red light i love Deep it thoughts at a red light okay yeah. last question <laughs> you are in heaven and you're looking down at your funeral mm. what do you hope people say about you you cannot say she was a good and faithful servant or that what's the one you say that she loved jesus that's right we know that you're in heaven so we know that about you um, <laughs> uh okay well i guess the thing that comes to my mind are the the four F's in my life, which um, faith, right? That 
that I was a faithful servant, mm-hmm. yes, but that faith predominated my life. That was kind of primary. Family and friends. Fashion. Oh, fashion. You come to my funeral, you better be decked out. <laughs> In bling or I colors. Love, I don't, whatever. You like colors. Like, you're very I, colorful yeah, right now. I, yeah. Yeah, I just, I love fashion. It's just a, a wonderful, creative expression. And so I think, have fun with fashion. Don't buy into this whole age stuff about your fashion. Just wear, wear what's what you comfortable. want. Wear yes. what's comfortable. Um, and then football. You got to oh, talk that's about that's an football. F2. Yeah. And in <laughs> good job, Debbie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want to find a sport to throw in there, that would be the one. Football. <laughs> that's an F. Yeah. Yeah. Football, football, awesome. and fitness. Just that. Here she um, goes. She's going to keep going. Football, fitness. fitness. There's more than four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We need to stop her. She's no, got clients to go see. Awesome. She needs to go. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, you can kind of, you know, talk about all those things and have fun. How's that? There it is. is. (laughs) Who knew? Celebration of life. Who knew? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming. We appreciate it very much. It's always a joy to have you. Um, You know, you have so much energy. For an introvert, you do appear very extroverted. So I can see how people mistake that about you. Yeah, just come to my house and it's a deadpan. (laughs) But I think, too, we have to acknowledge her passion for um, getting things right in this horribly empty, deceitful world. And I love your passion and your strong words. And you're not mixing them. You're being honest and real Mm -hmm. with what's going on with our kids and what's in front of them and how, as parents, if we find a therapist, a counselor in those situations, make sure that they're like-minded with us. Yeah. Because that's and what I was parents, like, oh, you parents, got you got to, to find parent, but you got to find a counselor, therapist like Kip. That's like, absolutely, you believe in this, so that Interview when I'm not in that room, your therapist, you're telling kids yeah. that I you can get stand a, behind. You and your kids get a counselor that does not do well. It will hurt you and your family. Yes, yes. I mean, it's we have to. There's a weight to that profession that I think you carry really well. That I think sometimes, I mean, there's a weight to it. You can hurt people if you counsel yeah. them poorly. Uh, and unfortunately, we are seeing that. That's another topic for another day. Yeah. But we are seeing that, especially with inpatient, intensive outpatient programming. That's so sad. Yep. Oh, man, on that note. talking to her. We I know. I know. We do have to stop it. So, But anyway, thanks again so much, Kip. We know you got to go to your thanks next. you got a job to do. But we appreciate you stopping by to talk to us. Um, and that's it from us, everybody. This, that's it for Noisy Narratives this time. Until next week, we'll talk to you later. This is Noisy Narratives out. Bye. Life can be amazing.